0: Today on Creation Talk, an update on the coronavirus. Well, welcome. I'm Gary Bates from Creation Ministries International. I'm with Dr. Robert Carter, one of our biologists. Uh, three weeks ago, uh, Rob and I did a podcast on the coronavirus situation in China. Things have changed very, very quickly, and we are now in a global pandemic situation. But something interesting, this week in history, Rob? 1867, the creationist Christian
1: medical doctor, Joseph Lister, introduced the idea of using antiseptics in medicine, specifically in surgery. And he was basing that on the work of Louis Pasteur, another Mm. creationist Christian, doing very good applied thinking in the sciences, and those two men have blessed our modern world more than just about anybody else.
0: Yeah, so from that we understand uh, uh, sanitation, that we can transmit bacteria, and in this case, of course, harmful viruses to uh, one another. Now, if people didn't see our first episode, uh, I said asked you the question, of course, and I've been out on ministry since then, and I say to people, What do you think when you hear the word virus, you know, particularly in the current situation, people think they're bad. But actually, in terms of understanding this from a biblical creation where God created everything good, viruses are actually not bad generally.
1: Most viruses are good for us and good for the environment. I mean, the overwhelming majority of them, they regulate bacteria in positive ways and they keep They keep the bacterial population down. They regulate the species and the numbers.
0: Yeah. So as human beings, we actually have more bacteria in our body, on our body, than we actually do cells. And more viruses than we have
1: bacteria. And the viruses are doing a very good job, and I'm happy they're there.
0: So all viruses were, believe it or not, folks, originally once good. Obviously, we're in the middle of a situation. We're dealing with a virus that is not good. Now, we can say from a big picture point, there was a fall. There's a change. Lots of things have changed in creation, specifically um, in this case, a virus is harming the human species.
1: Yeah, and so people are like, where'd that come from? How can this be you know, not an evolutionary argument? How can you possibly make a creation argument out of this? And the answer is really simple. This is something
0: that was designed to do something different, and it left its original design state. Now, of course, all species, uh, we carry mutations, copying mistakes in our DNA, uh, that can often introduce bad things um, from an evolutionary argument. They're no benefit to evolution because we're reducing the genetic information. Uh, we're not improving the instructions for making the machinery. But sometimes those mutations can create different functions too.
1: They can. And in this case, a some virus that was designed to work apparently in a bat has learned how to work, learned, not really learning, but through mutation Uh, It has uh, obtained the ability to infect humans in a very bad way, extremely negative way. And we have no ability
0: to regulate this virus and it's killing a lot of people. Now, just so folks understand, viruses are actually not what we would understand normally as living things. They're not cells, they're not bacteria, etc.
1: Yeah, they're just little machines. Just like a computer virus self-copies itself. This is a little piece of DNA, or in this case, RNA, that once it gets into a cell, it hijacks the cellular machinery, makes
0: copies of itself, bursts the cell, and goes on to infect other cells. Yeah. So that by way of introduction. So let's talk about the situation, uh, you know, we're in now. Now, first thing I want to deal with, because as we go through this, some people are saying, yeah, but you don't understand, or you don't understand because this is manufactured, this is a bioweapon or something like that by the Chinese government. Unfortunately, we've had a couple of politicians saying something like that. If I could be blunt, Rob, I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, that's that's just irrelevant at the moment, surely.
1: Besides the fact there's actually no evidence that this thing was genetically engineered, there's just none. Whether or not it was is completely offhand, who cares? Yeah. We have to deal with it here and now, how it's affecting us in our daily lives and
0: protect ourselves against an imminent threat. Yeah. And and the problem with that type of thinking is it's, in a way, it's conspiracy thinking and it misses the point of what's happening now. Now, at CMI, we're an organization that is loaded with scientists. We, we, We do science from a biblical point of view. But the fact is science, as we understand it, repeatable, testable, you know, what we call operational science, is a real thing. So let's just deal with the facts. This virus is serious. It's not overhyped. The media is not overblowing it. One of the issues is that, um, unlike the common cold viruses and the flu viruses that go around, our God's designed immune system can build up an arsenal of defence from that by being exposed to it. But this is brand new. Yeah. We've got no, shall I use the words in quote marks, immunity to it. There are no vaccines. Um, you know, antibiotics don't kill viruses and so on and so forth. So the only mechanism at our disposal now to defeat what is essentially an enemy, and we'll talk about that in a minute, what do we mean by an enemy, is to avoid spreading it.
1: Yeah, one of the ways that uh, God designed humanity and other species also to um, slow down the spread of bad viruses is through um, antibody production in the mother. So through the placenta and then through breast milk, a mother is going to produce antibodies and give them to her child, and the child will have a greater chance of either not catching something or surviving an infection if he does catch it. But there are no antibodies to this in the human population at present, yeah. and we are completely naive to it, and that's, that's the issue. It's a brand new thing has entered the human population and this is something people have been afraid about for a long time, and yeah. we know it's happened before. I mean, It happened in 1917 with the H1N1 flu, uh, the bubonic plague, uh, et cetera. There's so many other examples in history. Here's just one more.
0: So we have to say um, that is why our governments are reacting uh, in such a way. And, you know, we're sitting here uh, in the U.S., um, with a, a little over four thousand cases at the moment today, yeah. But I got to say, folks, this is going to be the tip of the iceberg. Um, the it, head it's of hard the Inf- to
1: understand exponential growth. Yeah. it's really hard to understand that. Yeah, and you're sitting here today and you're
0: looking at yesterday's like, wasn't well, that many
1: people yesterday? But tomorrow, it's going to be a whole lot more.
0: Yeah, they're saying it, it will kind of double about every uh, every two days. One of the scary things about this is um, when we look at the rates of people who've recovered compared to the ones that have died, and that's the way you've got to work out the mortality rate. You don't look at how many are infected. It's how many caught it, how many recovered, how many died. Um, we're looking at 7 to 8%. Yes. That, that's seven times roughly more deadly than the annual flu. Or more than that because the flu death is less than 1%. But one of the other issues, though,
1: is that in order for a person who's really sick with this to not die, it costs a lot of money. Mm. I mean, the medical establishment, if we get a huge wave of people who are all sick at the same time, you look at Italy, it could become overwhelmed. And that's why we're, you know, the government is advocating social distancing. That's why we as CMI are advocating social distancing. Just everyone just chill, you know, stay home when you can. You know, yeah. don't go shaking hands and hugging people if you don't have to, just yeah. because this, that's the way things are spread.
0: Yep, yeah. And I'm sure we've all got a couple of weeks of food in our houses. Uh, we're not all going to fade away and uh, and waste. Yeah. And die from- so people might be eating saltines and sardines by the end of this, but yeah. Yeah. So, you know, in this respect, I have to say our governments are trying to do the right thing by us, and we need to heed Their advice. So it's not a global conspiracy. Exactly. It's not a conspiracy. So when our governments and, you know, advised by our health uh, authorities are saying this is new, um, we now have three months of data, we know which particular group of people um, it is, uh, it's got the highest mortality rate or it's affecting, which is. Those with pre-existing medical conditions or the elderly. We don't want to get to the stage. We, you know, our last podcast we talked about China being locked down. We said, could you imagine a city like New York or Atlanta being locked down? We don't want to get to that, folks. So ultimately, well, San
1: Francisco is already putting a lockdown sort of thing, quarantine, and we already have all these European states uh, cordoning
0: off their highways so you can't travel. Yeah, and Italy is just, I mean, they got socked. Do you know what? I think kind of the principle of do unto others applies here, doesn't it? I mean, you know, you might be young and fit and say, "Well, I'm told I'm only going to get a cold out of it," Um, but you know, I'm 60 years of age and I'm a high risk category. So, in what some respects, it's a little irresponsible to go out and spread it and share it around. Our churches are closing down uh, in the U.S. here and around the world. So obviously it's been taken seriously. So there's not only a health issue, unfortunately. Uh, As I said, we're at the tip of the iceberg. There's gonna be an economic one as well. And so this is a major situation that none of us have ever faced before. It's unprecedented. We had the Spanish flu, which Rob mentioned, uh, 1917 to 18, at least 50 million people around the world. The bubonic plague, I mean, we don't know. They estimate even a third of the world's population. But, you know, uh, we face two world wars, so we're talking about a, a global situation potentially uh, on that scale. I'm not expecting
1: that many deaths because we're being proactive, because governments and individuals are acting properly in, in most cases. And that's one of the dangers in this, actually. Um, it's the cry wolf syndrome. If this is not a gigantic tragedy, there's gonna be a lot of naysayers that say, oh, see that? It wasn't that big a deal in the first place. But no, the reason it wasn't a big deal is because of the way we behaved and the way we acted. And I mean, we got hit hard financially. Hasn't even all worked out yet. It's gonna hurt. But the result is that maybe this is not gonna kill tens of millions of people. Now, we don't know about Mexico yet. We don't know about uh, India. Mm. That's the the new scare place right now. and and I'm really I'm hurting for a lot of the third world countries or the no longer third world countries because it's not really a politically correct thing to use anymore, but the up and coming countries with very high
0: populations and a lot of poverty and not a very strong medical yeah that lack of access to oh. uh, uh, which is what we've been suffering within the U.S. at the moment is uh, not enough testing kits so we're expecting our numbers to to increase but look. So it was interesting, uh, the CMI scientist shared an article the other day about where most of these uh, diseases we're familiar with, SARS, MERS, even Ebola, this. Um, A lot of people um, in the scientific community feel that they've come from bats. Now, bats are a very, very interesting species. We have them in Australia, where I lived in Brisbane, where our CMI office is down under. Uh, you know, the sky can go dark in the afternoon as they fly overhead. These are fruit bats. But even those fruit bats carry a dangerous virus called yeah. Uh it's, it's very, very toxic. You have to be very, very careful with them. But in this scientific paper that come around, something very interesting is that the bats have particularly robust immune systems. That really surprised me. I thought that was really cool. So it looks like when bats get exposed to these viruses, they produce inter- interferon. I remember years ago, they were talking about developing a wonder drug for AIDS from interferon. It's our body's immune uh, response, but uh, they produce it in bucket loads, which seems to make them very, very uh, robust in dealing with these viruses. And then what happens is they're harmless to them, but then we mess around with the bats and obviously that's where they're being transferred uh, to us. It's one way that bats can live in gigantic
1: colonies, all pressed up against each other during every night and survive and not get wiped out by um, you know, viruses or bacteria that just sweep through the whole population kill them all. Yeah. But because of that, that means that they can carry these things and they look like a source for a lot of what are called zoonotics,
0: uh, viruses and things like that that jump from one species to another. Yeah. So there was even talk, of course, a lot of people say, can we transfer viruses to animals? And in some cases yeah. that's been actually known uh, as well. So one of the reasons we want to do this, Rob, is to stress the seriousness of it. Unfortunately, we're getting emails and some of our politicians are saying out, saying, going about your business. We've got to be frank here. It's actually irresponsible. We need to do our civic duty. I believe there is a biblical duty in terms of not to spread this. And our own health and safety and those around us um, is at stake. So we're giving you some background on why this is a particularly dangerous Uh, situation and putting all the politics aside this is a science issue this is applied science
1: we know what causes disease we know how diseases are spread we can measure the death rate or the infectivity of of a specific disease and and how how many people one infected person might pass it to Mm. and these are things we've known for a very very long time so it's not there's nothing conspiracy-driven here. This is just basic applied science. Yeah. And we need to, we need to listen to the,
0: the scientists in this case because they know what they're talking about. Yeah. And when I said our civic and biblical duty, uh, let, me, let me explain that because we discussed it at the beginning uh, we live in a fallen world. We get viruses, we get earthquakes, we get all sorts of diseases and cancers, and, and people die. But when Jesus came, right, and he, and he healed the sick, and he fed the hungry, and when we think about, you know, how we sent missionaries into underdeveloped countries, this was following Christ's example. Death and illness and sickness is a bad thing, and human beings should resist it. Medicine and healing the sick is a good thing, so we should not also be party to spreading sickness, etc. That would, in fact, I think, um, be um, against, if you like, the biblical principles that we understand as we are Christ followers. So we need to follow Christ's example in that. And here's the thing. Let's get down to it. Uh, Whether you're a Christian or not a Christian watching this, you've probably asked the question, I have, I wonder if I could get this and I could die.
1: That's an excellent question, and people do need to uh, be asking that. And even if you're in a a low-risk category, it doesn't mean your risk is zero. You could still die from this. If you're in a high-risk category, well, you got to be really careful. But our mortality is something we should all be considering. Our time on Earth is short. We don't have much time here. It's brief, and it's going to end. And for some of us, it's going to end sooner rather
0: than later. Well, and that then brings up the question, what happens to us when we die? If evolution's true, then... We just go into the ground. We're nothing more than evolved bacteria. Uh, There is no life after death. But what if somebody thinking that, what if you're wrong? What if you're wrong? In fact, why did Christ come? He came because as human beings stuck on this sin-cursed planet, we are incapable of saving ourselves. So in fact, it was only the Creator Himself that could intervene to make a way for us to be reconciled back to Him. And you never know when the flu might get you, when you might be in a car accident, when somebody might fly a plane through your office window, or whether a novel, new virus strikes the world and creates the pandemic that we've seen today. So if you have not considered your eternal destiny, now would be a good time. This is an excellent time to assess where we stand in the eyes of our Creator. That's the gospel, ladies and gentlemen. Christ came to save us. And Rob said our time on this earth is only short. In fact, as Christians, if if God is the creator described in the Bible, he is capable of creating a new heavens and earth where there will be no more death, nor suffering, and no more harmful viruses. That's the big picture of the gospel. That is something that we all look forward to. And Christians who've acknowledged Their sin, their fallen nature before Christ, have accepted His forgiveness, uh, are assured of being with Him in that renewed, restored creation. If you're watching this today, this is a serious issue. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation.
1: Christians, it's time for us to step into the gap here. We are being called to serve, we're being called to witness. So not only should we, we should be free with our mouths and our, our actions should be aligned with, with the gospel, but that means that we should be serving other people, helping other people, not spreading fear. Um, we should be protecting ourselves, yes, but you know, if there's an opportunity to help my neighbor, I'm going to expose myself to this virus if that neighbor needs help. I don't want to necessarily, but it's, it's, um... It's something good to do, and and the examples we have in Christian history, we got someone like Martin Luther. There was a plague going around his city one year, and he was out helping people and exposing himself on purpose, and then you got someone like uh, Charles Spurgeon in London when there was a, a cholera outbreak, and he was out there, and he said, I'm not leaving. I'm going to go help people.
0: Yeah, but there are sensible ways to do it today. We have rubber gloves, and we have you know, uh, hand sanitizer and bacterial wipes. So there's a, there's a way to do this. But another thing, as you're watching this, Christians, right now, if you're even at home and you are isolating and you're doing the right thing, we've got a website. We've got a web store. There are digital downloads. You can subscribe someone to Creation magazine. They will, You'll receive the digital version. You can send it to your friends while they're at home isolating. You know, instead of watching Netflix, why don't you get them to watch and why don't you watch some creation videos so that people are prepared. Share this podcast with somebody and some of the others on our site.
1: Let's take this opportunity to fill our minds up with good things, kingdom related things, so that we're better prepared to talk to other people. Yeah, I watched too much Netflix over the last couple of weeks and it's actually getting really boring.
0: And so let's study the Bible, study God's words, study God's world. Actually, just jumping in, in fact, the highest trending movies on Netflix and Prime at the moment are things like Pandemic, Outbreak. So, folks, uh, don't get your facts from fiction movies. (laughs) Again, share it and don't forget, tons of resources on our site, creation.com, has over 12,500 articles. Besides uh, Rob's article on the coronavirus that is linked below, we have lots of articles on viruses How did bad things enter God's good world, for example? So uh, this is an update. Uh, Three weeks after we posted the first one about Wuhan in China, and we'll be continuing to monitor the situation, and you never know. Uh, Let's hope things don't get worse and we don't need to do another update later on. Most of all, can I ask all of you out there to pray. Pray for God's mercy on your country, on your family, And again, if you're not a Christian, uh, pray and confess your sin before him and ask his forgiveness today. We'll see you next time. Thank you.